now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. everybody and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. Happy New Year to all of you. The Patriots season is officially over significantly earlier than we're all used to, but it ended on a high note with a win over the Jets. I am Alex Shane here to break it all down with you. The playoffs that aren't going to teach the Patriots in the offseason. My good buddy Rich Hill. Rich, how's your New Year? How was your crazy jam-packed club party you were talking about? <laughs> you know, living it up with a bunch of high lifes. Um, no, it's... Uh... It's a great way to finish the year beating a team from New York. Can never go wrong there. Uh, but, I, Alec, to be quite frank, I am thankful that this season is over. COVID really wrecked this entire year for the Patriots with a season league-high number of opt-outs with their starting quarterback being affected by it very early on in the year, derailing the entire season. Uh, and, and then you, you know you lose your top receiver in Julian Edelman. There are a lot of issues that the Patriots had to face Unfortunately, they weren't able to overcome them. Uh, but as we've been talking about over the last few weeks, the the drumbeat has been kind of similar for New England, uh, and uh, you know I'm happy that next year we might get a change of pace. That would be nice. Again, we are we are more than due for a down year. And while ideally, technically, when you're having a down year, you want to have like a Jaguars esque down year and get a really high draft pick. But seven and nine is what it is. The Patriots now picking 15th in the draft. We're gonna have plenty of time an extended offseason, as it were, to break down what they're going to do with those draft picks, uh, exactly how many DBs you can trade in the second round for. I'm <laughs> very curious for the algebra on that. But before we get into that, Rich, and all the offseason things and what's next for the Patriots, there is a game we got to break down. Patriots, Jets, Patriots handled them pretty easily, 28-14. to 14. Uh, Overall impressions this game, Rich, are you taking anything away from it? It was the Jets, it was the last game of the season, everyone kind of mailed it in, or are there positives you're really looking at as a nice kind of building block going to 2021 and beyond? Yeah, uh, you know, a little bit of every single column there, you know, I'm not going, the fact that Cam Newton finished the year with, you know, I think it was 340 yards and a hand on all four touchdowns for the Patriots, great way for him to go out if this is the end of the Cam Newton era for New England, very happy that it goes out on that high note, Uh, ran for 79 yards, threw for 242 and three touchdowns and caught another pass from Jacoby Myers, Uh, but I'm not going to look too far into that because it is the Jets, but the, the two players on offense that I do want to highlight uh, that I do think uh, proves something against this Jets team, you know, in Bill Belichick fashion. It's not like the Patriots are going up against nobody's out there. This is still an NFL defense. I thought Jacoby Myers with six catches for 68 yards has really solidified himself as the Patriots' top receiver heading into next year. I know that uh, if Edelman returns, he, he could definitely split time as that top option. But I, I think Myers has shown that he is a good receiving piece that the Patriots could obviously improve around. Uh, you know, if they bring in another blue chip, or not even just another one, a real blue chip receiver that will really open things up for Myers. But I think Myers has shown that he can produce uh, as the top option for the Patriots. And so I think that he can be a nice piece moving forward. And then the other one I want to touch on is Sony Michelle, who finished the game with 136 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. And I think that he's been playing like an entirely different athlete since he's been back from his injury. Now, I'm glad you brought up Sony Michelle, Rich. But before we get to that, I want to talk about Jacoby Myers. You used the word Jacoby Myers and top option. Uh, I love Jacoby Myers. I think he's definitely a legitimate piece in this offense, but I personally think he's not a number one receiver in this league and would highly benefit from somebody 
that came in and it's a true number one receiver. Now the only problem is how many like legit number one receivers are there in the NFL. And I have not yet looked at the 2021 free agent class. So I don't know who's available or who will be available, but I don't know if Jacoby Myers would be the kind of the top option for me in the truest sense of the form. And he'd do a little better with like a, a stud, taking the top of the defense made drawing double coverage. Oh, I totally agree with that. I mean, when I say that Myers is a good piece to move forward, I don't think he's, I mean, he's not a Julio Jones. He's not a DeAndre Hopkins by any measure, but he could be as good as a contributor, if not better than the Brandon LaFells and the Chris Hogan's of the world. So looking at those players who, when they are a starter in the Patriots offense, they're, you know, a fringe 1000 yard receiver. And I, I think that's where Myers is with, with a better quarterback. Maybe it could be even more, but you, you see how, uh, you know, Myers wasn't a real part of the Patriots offense through their bye week. They just were sitting him behind Nikhil Harry and Edelman was active. So there wasn't really a role for Myers, but starting in week seven onwards, he's had a much bigger role for the Patriots and he was on pace for over a thousand yards. If, if you extrapolated that time when he became an actual active part of the Patriots offense, specifically that game against the 49ers. He is over a thousand yard receiver on pace. So I, I think when he is going to be a part of the Patriots offense, maybe he won't be the one that teams game plan around, but he's someone that if the Patriots with their third most cap space in the league next year uh, are able to bring in someone who can draw coverage, Myers is absolutely capable of taking advantage of those opportunities. Definitely agree with that. Again, I think he's a great number number two receiver. Uh, a lot of question marks in the offseason, which again, we're going to get to in this podcast and beyond in the offseason. Uh, and then Sony Michelle, you brought up as well. Thought he's looked great the past couple of weeks. Maybe a chip on his shoulder. Maybe his injuries finally recovered. Whatever the case may be. I'm very curious to see, Rich, what the Pats are going to do with Michelle and Damian Harris on the roster at the same time next season. They're both under rookie deals. They're both relatively cheap. They both fill kind of similar roles. Uh, maybe if Rex Burkhead can't really bounce back with knee injury the way a lot of running backs can't coming off of major knee injuries. Sonny Michelle caught three for 60 uh, against the Jets. So he's kind of a not a Rex Burkhead style receiving threat, but he is a receiving threat. So maybe he can work more in the offseason, become the Rex Burkhead of the offense. And Bam- Damian Harris comes between the tackles back. I know James White's going to be a free agent in 2021. I don't know if they're the same mold at all, but you think there's a role for Sony Michelle as away from the kind of between the tackles behind the fullback runner and into a more hybrid receiver back role? Is it really not where he's going to go go with it? Yeah, I mean, I, I really appreciated the fact that they threw him the ball, and I have been pounding the table ever since they drafted Michelle for the argument that New England should absolutely always throw the ball to the running backs. You know, like, that was the, the big challenge that Michelle faced over his first two years in the league is that he faced a league-high number of stacked boxes because whenever he was on the field, opposing teams knew that the Patriots were going to run the ball. And it's much easier for Michelle uh, if he is considered to be a viable receiving threat, because that means that the opposing linebackers can't stack the box, they can't just go straight downhill, they have to really treat his receiving ability as a threat, and so that split second can give him the opportunity to hit the hole a little bit harder and get an extra yard or two after contact. And so I think Michelle all along has been that viable receiver in the Patriots' backfield. I just hope that next year... Uh, the Patriots utilize all of their running backs in that Rex Burkhead style of, you know what, we're going to throw you at least two or three passes a game to keep the defenses honest and make it so when you run the ball 10 plus times, it's easier. And so whether that's Michelle or Harris or Burkhead, I think all of them are capable of doing that. And the team ran for I think 166 yards total. Uh, Michelle was the leading, leading rusher. 
behind Cam Newton as running backs, and I think there's a lot of positive. We've been harping on it all season, Rich. The running game, even when they're getting their doors blown off, the running game seems to look solid. I do think Cam Newton's done in New England, but the running game should be pretty solid going forward, and I'm excited for that. They definitely need a receiver, and we'll talk about that more as the offseason goes on. Defensively, Rich, the Patriots, I think they addressed one linebacker, literally <laughs> one linebacker in Jawan Bentley. The rest were all just kind of Belichick finally getting to use all the defensive backs he drafted and using them as linebackers and, and deep safeties and shallow safeties. And I thought the defense looked pretty good. Again, it was the Jets. Uh, anything particular stand out you're going to take into the offseason as a positive for the defense? Yeah, I mean, not too many. I mean, I, I, of course, it's always great when they're able to force turnovers and seeing J.C. Jackson and John Jones come away with interceptions of their own. Great. I mean, J.C. Jackson has been the biggest ball magnet in the entire league this year, so he's shown that he's not a fluke. He is a good player. Maybe he needs a little bit more experience to be a bona fide number one cornerback, but he has the ability to really thrive in this Patriots secondary. And as McCourty gets older, specifically Jason McCourty, and as Stephon Gilmore, what is his role looking like when he returns from injury, when he, uh, you know, if the Patriots keep his contract on the books, is Jackson ready to take on a larger role? I think a Jackson Jones duo is a pretty solid place to start. Um, and then one last point being, uh, it looks like the Patriots found a spot for Chase Winovich finally. I mean, it, it's taken them long enough, but he finished the game with two sacks, uh, both pretty early on in the game, so they're impactful sacks. Um, but for a player that the Patriots seem to have struggled to find a role for uh, after a really hot start, it was good to see him have a little bit more opportunity, uh, you know, playing 90% of the snaps after a few weeks in a row where he just wasn't playing much at all. Yeah, I really think he's best when he's able to kind of not run wild and undisciplined, but when he's kind of let off the leash a little bit and allowed to move around the box a little bit more, move around the line a little bit more. He can be very disruptive once he gets a rhythm, and I think that they have definitely found his spot for him. He's definitely one of the core defensive guys to build this unit around going forward, as a lot of questions in the front seven present itself into 2021 and beyond. Uh, last thing I'll say about the game, Rich, that kind of solidified it for me, and I think no one's really talking about it, uh, this season based on just how the Patriots have played now the season's gone and whatnot but Gunnar Oshevsky is mm -hmm. the best punt returner um, not only did he set a Patriots franchise record this season of 17.3 yards per return uh, he also had the most punt return yards in the entire league he led the league in all qualified return yarders uh, turn, uh, turners in punt return average which is pretty remarkable um, and so I'm glad to see that he has not only found his niche as a kind of outlet receiver but a legit threat to return it for a big yard which is really important in a season where the Patriots had a really hard time moving the ball yeah totally I mean if he's first team all pro as a punt returner he absolutely deserves it uh, and if there is one way for a player to get more opportunities on the field with Bill Belichick as head coach it's through special teams and so the more Olszewski is able to do as a returner and he did a very good job doing kick returns as well the more time he's able to produce there, the more opportunities he'll have on the field on offense. And to be honest, you know, with Edelman getting up in age, there will definitely be an opening as that slot receiver for the Patriots. Look, thinking of, uh, you know, that Danny Amendola kind of role, uh, just purely in the slot. And he's had his number called only a few times this year, but he seemed to have been able to produce a little bit when that number has been called. And so I, I think that the future is bright for him. And I wouldn't be shocked if the Patriots tried to carve out a bigger offensive role for him next year. Agreed. But again, that is a conversation for another day, Rich Hill. Overall, good win. 
nice way to end the season, I think. I don't really think it's that big a deal dropping from 14th, 15th, or 13th to 15th, whatever would have happened had the Patriots lost this game. I know there was a scenario where the Patriots could pick ninth overall, but so many pieces had to fall into place. It wasn't really realistic. So 7-9 and nine is how the Patriots finished their season, and that is kind of the end of that. However, the football season has not ended because the Patriots are out of it. There is now a playoff field that features no New England Patriots. However, it features the Buffalo Bills as the number two seed in the NFL. Amazingly, they played the Colts this weekend, and the Ravens play the Titans this weekend. The Browns play the Steelers this weekend. Wildcard weekend is featuring the most games ever. Only the Kansas City Chiefs have that bye. I don't know about you, Rich, but I'm kind of stoked for a playoff completely devoid of Patriots football. No stress, no worries. <laughs> Enjoy it. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to some good new faces having the opportunity, right? Because when's the last time the Bills have had playoff success? When's the last time the Browns have had playoff success? There's a lot of new faces in here, you know, throwing the Buccaneers in there on the other side. Uh, Washington, you know, th there's a lot of players and uh, teams that haven't had a chance to really succeed where, you know, maybe at the end of the day, ultimately it'll just be the, the Chiefs against the Packers in the Super Bowl because, only one team getting a bye week skews the playoffs just a preposterous amount. Um, it makes the path so much easier for them. But for me, Alec, uh, one, my heart goes out to the Miami Dolphins. I thought they had a really great season. Uh, you know, They lost against the Bills and a huge shellacking by Buffalo, but that meant that at 10-6 and six, they missed the playoffs uh, as there are four 11-5 teams in the AFC. So I am sorry, Miami. I would have loved to see Ryan Fitzpatrick get his opportunity to come in as a closer in the playoffs. But that means that it really simplifies it for me, Alec. Uh, the team that I am rooting for in the AFC to reach the Super Bowl and win it all is Buffalo. I want the Bills to win it all so badly. Uh, I have one small problem with that, Rich Hill. Uh, and my problem with that is this. If you look at your average Buffalo Bills tailgate on a random Sunday in September, the carnage, the destruction, the fires, the riots... And that's on like a regular season week three game. What do you think is going to happen <laughs> the Buffalo Bills win the AFC championship game? We're hitting here trying to socially distance and not gather and be safe. There's no way you're going to let Bills Mafia not run wild should they reach the Super Bowl. So do you have no concern for our safety? Well, you know, I think that just really reinforces the need for the vaccine to be circulated before the Super Bowl. I, I think that's all that proves is that in order to save America, the Buffalo Bills need to be the threat to win the Super Bowl uh, because there will be absolute pandemonium if Buffalo reaches the Super Bowl. And I'm here for that. And honestly, like of all of the teams in the AFC, of course, the Chiefs are the heavy favorite. But which team do you really think could have a shot of beating Kansas City in Kansas City? Right. I mean, I think the Steelers are a terrible team. I think the Titans are a good team, but they've, you know, I, I feel like they are as good as uh, the, they're as good as Ryan Tannehill shows up. You know, if they can keep the game close, they could have an opportunity to win. But if you fall behind a couple scores, then I don't see the Titans being able to keep pace. Uh, and, and same thing applies for the other teams. It's really the Bills are the only team I see giving the Chiefs a fair shot. Yeah, I mean, honestly, even that, I don't see the Bills hanging with the Chiefs in Arrowhead. I just, I just personally don't see it happening. However, good news is there's going to be at least one game before then for the Bills to maybe get some help. I think they'll dispatch the Colts pretty easily. I've always liked the Bills. I've never had a problem with them. When I was a kid, the Bills were the class of the AFC East. I always enjoyed watching Jim Kelly, uh, and I've got no problem with like the division rivalry the way I dislike, say, the Jets. Uh, I'm totally with you, rooting for the Bills. I would love to see them represent the AFC in the Super Bowl, and 
call me a, a sadist, Rich Hill, but my dream scenario is the Buffalo Bills are playing in Tampa against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers with Tom Brady. And Tom Brady, once again, after finally getting out of the division and letting them have their moment in the sun <laughs> and be the class of the AFC East and then the AFC, goes in there and just gives them a wedgie once again <laughs> and doesn't let them get over the hump. I think that would be a delicious end to the season. Oh, that would be just sublime to see happen. Uh, you know, the the Bucks are the five seed in the NFC. This is Tom Brady's first playoff game on the road and during Wild Card Weekend, which is crazy to say. Um, but he will be on the road against Washington in the opening round. Uh, you have the Packers who have the bye week. The Saints are the number two seed. They are going to host the Chicago Bears, who snuck in at eight and eight. You have the Seahawks at 12 and four as the three seed. They'll be hosting the Rams, so a little bit of a divisional matchup. And then that Washington Bucks game that I mentioned. Uh, I mean, I would love the Buccaneers to win the NFC, and I would not be surprised uh, if the Bucks and the Packers were the, the two teams that face each other in the divisional round. Uh, where people reflect upon this postseason and say this really is what decided the NFC. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think it's going to be the Buccaneers or the Packers. Uh, you know, I don't really know how feasible it is. I think Tom Brady's been very inconsistent this year, but he's really turned it on as of late. And maybe playoff Tom has showed up, and this is a really nice swan song for him. They should handle the football team pretty easily, so it's really all down to next week after that. But again, man, I think it's fun to watch this playoff brackets as a neutral observer. I've got my teams I'm rooting for, as do you. But if it doesn't work out that way, that's fine. I'm still just kind of looking forward to relaxing and catching some football. That doesn't really matter to me. And if I don't like watching, I won't, uh, which is nice. I do going to figure out what people do in January when there's no football. <laughs> but that's a problem for another day. Overall, yeah. man, it was a season. It happened. <laughs> we're, we're, we're through it. It's over. We're going to talk more in the offseason about draft strategies and free agents and blah, blah, blah. But what would you have to wrap it up as we wrap up our, our 2020 season podcast, Rich? It's kind of the, the, the state of the union, the state of the Patriots, superlatives, where they go going forward. What's kind of your, your, your parting kind of look back thoughts on this team and, and what we're going to see in 2021 and beyond? Yeah, I mean, I think the headline for this 2020 team is uh, the Piper needs to be paid. And this is what Bill Belichick has always harped on this year is that the Patriots went all in during the final years with Tom Brady, and this is just the result of it. You're going to have one year where the salary cap is kind of a mess, and the Patriots are a little bit devoid of talent. To be quite frank, uh, this team probably would have been 3-13 and under any other head coach, but the Patriots were able to stay competitive due to some good strategy. And I, I think that there are some good pieces to be excited about for the future. And so, Alec, let's do some superlatives here. Uh, offensive player of the year. Who is your Patriots offensive player of the year? My Patriots offensive player of the year has to be Damian Harris uh, for the reasons that he led the team in yards. A, I think he was a really nice surprise. We were all kind of curious as to where he'd be on this roster with Sony Michelle, whether he'd be necessary. But once he was given the opportunity to start, he was the lone bright spot a lot of weeks for the Patriots. And as I talked about earlier, I'm very curious to see what Harris and Michelle will do as a running back duo. But I think my personal opinion, uh, Harris has earned the starting spot, and he's kind of the, 
the workhorse back going forward. And that's always a good thing to have kind of a workhorse back when you have questions elsewhere in the offense. Totally. I agree. I mean, I think Harris did a great job this year. Part of me wants to give offensive player of the year to, to Cam Newton simply because he was the, the entire Patriots offense for a big chunk of it, you know, 13 touchdowns. There wasn't really anyone else to elevate the offense. Um, but I mean, I want to give credit where it's due to the offensive line, specifically pointing at Joe Tooney. He led the Patriots in snaps on offense at playing 97% of the snaps only one other player topped 90 percent uh and we'll talk about him later with uh, our rookie of the year um but you have demir bird at 89 percent and cam newton at 87 percent no other player on offense played over 80 percent of the snaps so tooney was the rock he's under the franchise tag i'm hopeful that the patriots will be able to extend him because they'll have so much cap space starting next year uh, but I think Tooney deserves plenty of credit for anchoring an offensive line that really was the only reason why the Patriots were able to be competitive through all of their injuries. Uh, you know, they were seven deep on the offensive line, maybe even eight deep at times. The running game relies so much on how successful the offensive line is, and they really rose to the occasion. So I'm going to give my offensive player of the year to uh, a one Mr. Joe Tooney. Uh, other side of the ball, Alec, who's your defensive player of the year? It's got to be another uh, free agent, though a restricted one, uh, J.C. Jackson. Uh, I think he had the most receptions, obviously, but I think he was another real bright spot. Devon Gilmore had a had a fine season. He was not the defensive player of the year season, but I really like bright spots and surprises, especially when you're in a season where you're not going to win it, you're not going to make any kind of playoff run. So you start looking at individual players, what they contribute, and how they can be a cog in the wheel going forward. I think J.C. Jackson did more than enough to, if they decide to part ways with Gilmore, at least grow into the number one role after some growing pains. So J.C. Jackson's my guy. I love that. Jackson finished the year with nine interceptions and three fumble recoveries. Uh, he was just fantastic whenever his number was called upon. I like that a lot. Um, I'm going to give the nod to Adrian Phillips. New face to the Patriots. The New England defense was devoid of talent at the linebacker spot. And Phillips, strong safety, stepped into that role, helped spy a lot of the quarterbacks, uh, make sure that they didn't escape the backfield, cover running backs, led the team in tackles, led the team in tackles for loss, had two interceptions, another couple of passes offended, and a sack. He did everything for this Patriots defense. I, I think that the Patriots, if they are concerned about what the defense looks like with Patrick Chung, uh, who had opted out, what will the future be? I think they're in good hands with Phillips, who can do an a very capable job of replacing Chung in there. And if you add in some more talent at that linebacker spot, and maybe even up front, I think that this Patriots defense should be able to transition into their future uh, pretty well there. Um, what, yeah, go ahead. I, I, always, I just love the fact that it's always these, these kind of signings, isn't it? Every year, the Patriots, they very rarely make like a Stephon Gilmore style signing. They never make a big splash. There's always like day two or day three of free agency. They sign some guy that maybe the casual fan hasn't even heard of, and he ends up being a, a rock for the Patriots. So I love that pick, too. Good for Phillips. I'm glad he's back next year. Totally. And, and so then uh... – one last one that I'll have, because I kind of feel like those encapsulate MVP. And you know what? If they don't reach the playoffs, I don't know who gets the MVP look. Who is your rookie of the year? Rookie of the year, I'm actually really happy to say it's somebody that I was not, maybe skeptical is probably too strong of a word, but I was more like, oh, God, this again when he came on the Patriots. And that's Kyle Duggar. When mm. the Patriots drafted a D2 DB in the second round, I was like, Belichick, stop doing this for the love of God. However, I think after a kind of shaky-ish start, he really came into his own. He's that thumper, 
in the box safety. You put him on a tight end. He makes some great tackles. He's had a really good growing strides going forward. I'm looking forward to him having a full offseason to train the Patriots system, get a little better, maybe get a little stronger, and come back. I think he's going to be an absolute terror over the middle as a safety going forward. So I'm a real fan of, big, big fan of Kyle Duggar. Yeah, totally agree with that. I think he's assumed the Devin McCourty role very well for the Patriots. You know, when the Patriots have their three safety sets, Jerron Harmon's deep, Devin McCourty was in the middle, and Patrick Chung was in the box. You have Phillips taking over the Chung role. Uh, They moved McCourty back deep, and then you had Kyle Duggar taking over that middle depth role. And I I think that that's great. I think he will be a very good contributor in the future. Uh, But my rookie of the year goes to one Michael Unwenu, staying on the offensive line. Rookie sixth-round pick out of Michigan. Had his number called all throughout the year. Second on the team in offensive snaps, 92%, uh, only behind Joe Tooney. He played pretty much every single spot on the offensive line other than center. uh, And he played well everywhere and you know the Patriots have questions of where will Marcus Cannon be in the future uh what happens if Tooney leaves in free agency Onwenu answers both of those questions and I think that as a sixth round pick for him to play at such a high level is just fantastic he gets my rookie of the year nod um and I think that he in particular as well as the strength of this offensive line gives me hope for what this Patriots team will look like in the future Tell you, man, I hate to see Joe Tooney go. It's very possible. David Andrews, also a free agent coming in. So those are kind of three pieces of the offensive line now are going to be question marks. However, it's, there are a ton of question marks with this team. There's question marks at quarterback, offensive line. Will the tight ends develop again? We saw some nice development toward the very end, but was that enough? I need a receiver. Who knows what's going to happen with the linebackers? I know uh, Jason McCourty is a free agent coming into next season. So other than quarterback, I think it's the obvious question. As we prioritize our offseason, what do you want to see the Patriots do more than anything else besides get a quarterback that's kind of the guy of the future? Yeah, I, I think they need to get some player to help the offense. Uh, they need to get a blue chip skill player so that the opposing teams can't focus on a single receiver and then destroy the entire Patriots passing attack. There needs to be someone that can elevate the offense uh, and draw double coverage to help make it easier for everyone else. And so I don't necessarily have an answer as to which player that will be, but it's a position, it is a player, it is a skill level that New England needs to have in their offense or else they're going to struggle again next year. I agree with that completely. There was, I'm actually amazed that Damian Harris hit almost 700 yards on 10 games when the defense has had no respect for the passing game. I think it's even more uh, a testament to what kind of player he is. Uh, I'm going to go to the opposite side of the ball, Rich. I know Dante Hightower should be back after opting out, which will help the linebacker core, but I really need to see more linebacker consistency from this unit. This defense has always been a linebacker-centric unit. That's the one that bridges the gap between the front line and the back line. Without good linebackers, the unit tends to fall apart. I don't know if the, the pieces are in place on the team already, if they'll get somebody in free agency that'll be a core member, if they'll trade for somebody, whatever the case may be. I really hope the linebackers are not as uh, sparse as they are this past season for a lot of reasons, and that unit can go back to being a strength of the unit as opposed to one of the biggest liabilities. I completely agree. As we've always said, the defense is only as good as the linebackers are under Bill Belichick. So we'd love to see some more depth there. Uh, But yeah, as you said earlier, we have all the time in the world to break down the Patriots offseason because their season is over. So ends the Patriots 2020 season. Alec, do you have any final thoughts on the 2020 year of the Patriots before we turn the page towards 2021? 
Well, man, as always, it's been a blast breaking it down with you. Definitely one of my weirdest years as a football fan, even going back to days when they were bad. Hopefully, for those of you who are maybe experiencing a losing season for the first time, it gives you a nice taste as to what it's like for most of the league all the time. And we can appreciate (laughs) how great this run has been from 2001 to 2019. And this year was a gap year. A lot of exciting things coming up. And I'm really looking forward to this offseason. It should be one of the more exciting offseasons in Patriots history. And with the old the old blessing and curse, may you live in interesting times. Um, it should be interesting times here in New England. I'm looking forward to breaking it down with you after we take some time off to relax and enjoy the offseason a little bit. I'm looking forward to getting back on here with you, buddy, and, uh, and doing it all over again. Awesome. Well, me too, Alec. And everything that people need to know about the Patriots will be on patspulpit.com. And until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. Later, man.